Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm James Sharp. With me today is my colleague Jordan Blackwell. And we are here to dissect the FA Cup victory over Sheffield United um, and also look forward to the FA Cup draw that was made in the quarter-final and also Leicester's chances at Stoke this weekend. Before we get going, our usual uh, plug for um, beer52.com. If you want some free beers from around the world, head to beer52.com and put in the tagline Leicester and you can enjoy beers from around the world um, just for the postage and packaging. Uh, moving on to the football, draw. we'll start off with uh, the Sheffield United victory on Friday night. Uh, we were both there into the next round, perhaps not the most convincing of performances that people would have hoped for, but it's the result that matters. How did you see it? Yeah, I think, I think yes, it is the result that matters in, in the cup competition. I think Leicester probably missed a few more chances than they would have liked to and mm. probably gave up a few more chances to, to Sheffield United than they would have liked to. Schmeichel had to make a particularly good save towards the end. Um, but other than that, I think it was it was pretty good. They certainly deserved mm. to go through. Um, it was a, an excellent goal from Vardy. Nice to see him and Morris combining yeah. again. Um, and so I think there were, there were certainly more positives and negatives, but obviously the big positive is that they are in the last eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite impressed by Sheffield United's their three or five at the back, three at the back kind of system. They looked, as you'd expect, a playoff challenging championship yeah. club to to be, which is resolute and difficult to break down. Um, and Leicester did find it difficult to break down. It was odd to see them having seventy odd percent possession. That was quite a strange yeah. um, situation that we're not quite used to. Maybe if Vardy had scored a couple of those chances in the first half, it might have been um, a more open game, and Leicester would have been able to win it more comfortably. But um, in the end, it's a, a win, and they're through into the quarterfinals. There were quite a lot of um, storylines uh, in the game, um, non, not least uh, Harry Maguire against his former club, Jamie Vardy, Sheffield Wednesday fan, sticking it to the blades. <laughs> I'm just surprised he didn't run down the other end and cup his ears when he scored. Um, but so far, he's had a magic of the FA Cup run he's faced his old club Fleetwood in one round then mm. his academy product in the next round and then his most bitter Wednesday rivals in the next but I suppose the biggest one was the return of Riyad Mahrez mm. to the King Power Stadium so we've had all the absence all the speculation all the statements and olive branches from Claude Puel and we had his return to training his return at Man City and the final test it felt like was how the fans would respond to him en masse on home soil um, and as ovations go he got the biggest before kickoff. Yes I think um, certainly the the people that cheered him cheered loudly that are from where I was sitting there was a few sort of I don't want to say boos but a few mumbles and grumbles I, I suppose um, but yes it was it was a positive reaction and I think his performance um, throughout the the 80 odd minutes that he played um, I think was was very good and was deserving of the standing ovation he then got uh, when he was substituted off. 
he was probably the best player on the pitch. Um, he is a joy to watch, and he was a joy yeah. to watch on Friday. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think that truly puts it the whole side yeah. behind. I think with him playing at home and the fans responding, I think that that does settle it now. Yeah, because there's, there's a bloke stood in front of the press box who, as the names were being read out, prepared himself. He's clapping his hand behind his head. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure whether he was going to just chuck his clapper onto the pitch in frustration and going to protest. But as his name was read out, he just punched the air and gave the big cheer, <laughs> uh, which kind of set the tone really because all the fans joined him. Um, there were a few boos, but I thought mainly they were from the away fans. Um, it seemed to come from that section. Of course, there's going to be the odd, mo- the odd grumbling Leicester fan that can maybe not quite forget or forgive what yeah. he's done. Um, but I thought we saw what Leicester missed, say, in that last 15 minutes against Swansea where... Swansea stuck men, loads of men behind the ball and Leicester couldn't find a way through and they needed that quality and match-winning capability in the final third that Morris wasn't there to give. But this time around he was there and it was his couple of passes that set Vardy up yeah. in the first half and then his cross in the second. But I think it's put this to, to bed now and hopefully you'd like to think that the Vardy and Morris combination can keep going for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I think um, you know, particularly with Vardy in such good form as well, um, I think he's, he's he's on that hot streak now. He's, I think that's uh, he scored in each of his last five games in all competitions. He's clearly on, on a bit of a, a run of form, and he's more much more likely to keep that run of form going with Mars in the team. They, they've got a they've got a combination now where um, I mean, we thought we might miss it a little bit when Drinkwater left because I think Drinkwater had that combination with Vardy where he always knew where Vardy he was going need, to. Didn't run. need to look up, but just yeah, exactly. It the channels, yeah. um, and he could he could play in Vardy with, without lifting his head up. Morris is it, it's with Morris and Vardy have got the same yeah. thing. Morris knows where Vardy's going to run. He knows how he makes his runs. He knows when he's, he's going to run, um, and so it helps having someone like Morris not not only knowing that information but also having the technic, technical ability to pull it off. Um, that helps massively, and yes, those two are the two crucial players if Leicester want to keep progressing in the FA. Yes, um, Claude Paul did mention, did say after it afterwards that he was really pleased to get through. He was also pleased to see the two of them combine, and as you say, that those two are going to be crucial if they are going to end their FA Cup hoodoo. Which brings us nicely to the quarterfinal draw and weirdly made on Saturday night despite the fact there were still games to play on, on Sunday and, and um, Monday Chelsea at home what were your initial thoughts on the draw? Um, I was I was fairly pleased I think the fact that it was at home was the, the most pleasing thing um, especially sp- now as there's no replays yes so that's it the tie will be settled at, at, at the King Power and I think if it does go to extra time and penalties you usually have a little bit of an advantage there as well um, I think I'd probably change my mind on it um, seeing it as, a, seeing it as a, a good draw say if uh, Rochdale were to beat Spurs in the replay and uh, we were recording this on a Monday if uh, Wigan beat Manchester yeah. City tonight uh, both unlikely but um Yes, I think if, if those two were to be knocked out, then you'd all of a sudden think, oh, OK, well, Chelsea's one of the, the the most difficult opponents left in it. But I think at home, I think Chelsea are probably the weakest of the big four that are still left in. Um, and hopefully if they get past Barcelona, also to a fast, then they'll have the Champions League to think about rather than the FA Cup. Um, so I don't think it's too bad. I, th- I think 
certainly think Leicester can get through, but there is the history is not on their side. No, there's not. Um, and then there's, there was a okay, some fans putting the theory forward. Um, I think you've hinted at it before, which was if you're going to get a big team. I mean, now it looks like Leicester are going to have to get. A, they're going to have to beat a few big teams if they're going to win this. But if you're going to get a big team, you want it at this stage when they've already got. When they've also got Champions League. Um, Commitments that might mean they take their eye off the ball. Yeah, I think so. I think there's um, when you get down to the the last stages, certainly after the semi-finals and the final. Um, not only are you playing them on a neutral ground, you'll be playing them at Wembley, so therefore you, there's no home advantage that you, that you could possibly have. Unless you Spurs. Yes. Um, so you've got you've got that factor and. I mean, it's quite likely by that point that the English team won't still be in the, the Champions League because when it gets down to that point, that's when it's Barcelona and Real Madrid mm. and Bayern Munich and their time to to shine. And the English teams are usually knocked out. But I think we'll, um, I think there'll certainly be at least one of them get to that stage this season. Um, so yes, it's it's good to have them now. But given that the draw, given the draws kept the big teams apart, Leicester will have to play a big team. Either in the semi-final or final, if they make is it that, that far. Is that is that the one bit of the draw that disappointed you a little bit? Um, I, I suppose so, but I think it, it always sets the fans going. All the conspiracy theories against yes. hot against hot hot balls and and <laughs> rigged draws, which is always nice to see. Um, but I think if if Leicester do go on to win it or to make the final, it would be a lot more satisfying if they've knocked out a couple of big teams on the way. Mm. Uh, Admittedly, so far, playing Fleetwood, Peterborough and Sheffield United, that's not a particularly tough draw. And I think there are other teams that have made it to this stage that have had much more difficult opponents. So I think you know, it makes the whole thing more exciting if Leicester do you know, see off Chelsea and then see off Spurs or Man City or whoever in the next round and skip to the final. Mm. Um, I mean, while it's possibly bad news for the FA Cup, chances that all the big teams have missed each other, what it a positive of that is that it does potentially open up the whole seventh place could finish mm-hmm. in Europe spot because if the big the big teams missed each other, which means the big teams are, a big team is more likely to go on to win it. If that is the case, then the the European spots could drop lower to sixth and then seventh um, if Man City win the Carabao Cup. Is that a positive to take? Uh, yes, I, yeah, I think it, it's. Um Yes, I suppose it is a, is a positive. Um, I think there's. It then keeps alive the, the race for seventh. Um, the like the other league. Yes. Um, but even Harry Maguire, I spoke to him after the game, and he, said it, the top six are running away with it, and it it becomes two divisions where you're fighting to become the best of the rest. Yeah, but at least if if that is the case, at least if seventh is there is a prize for seventh and that you do get into the Europa League, at least there is something there to aim for, rather than just thinking, oh well it, it doesn't really matter where you finish between seventh and tenth or whatever. Um so yeah, there's that to come and I think it's a I'd probably say it's a three horse race now between Leicester, Burnley and Everton. Um mm. potentially say Bournemouth are involved in that as well. But I think it would probably be those three and I think Leicester have a a decent chance of being being seventh. I think over the next few games, it's probably a key period for them because mm. they've finally got a, a run of fixtures now where they don't have um, a big six team to play. They've, yeah. got, they've obviously they've got they've got Stoke at home, then Bournemouth at home, um, and then Brighton away. Uh, oh, sorry, not Brighton away, West Brom um, away. So that's a, a run of fixtures where 
you could potentially see Leicester getting all nine points, and that would really, um, really help their chances. Because at the minute, because it, it, there's always the, we're looking at it. You always felt that Burnley would tail off eventually. Yeah. The ones that, even though they still seem like they've had a rubbish season, and Everton, yeah. they still, <laughs> but they end up a point behind Leicester, and the teams that are in that pursuit of it, I think they're the ones that Leicester have got to be more wary of. Um, they're not. They have not been. They've not been impressive either, really. So no, I, th- I think I think their seasons looked on a, a bit more negatively because when they've lost, they've lost heavily. Yeah. Um, and I think that's reflected in the in the difference in goal difference between Leicester and Everton. Um, but in their other games, especially at Goodison Park against the other team against the teams around them, they've actually done okay. Mm. Um, so they they will be the main challenges. I agree with you. I think Burnley will will drop off and possibly finish. Um, ninth, and then it will be, tw- be between Leicester and Everton. Yes, um, brings us. We can discuss now the, the the game at the weekend against Stoke. They're a team that are struggling um, and are well in that quite big relegation yeah. battle at the bottom, where basically any team from eleventh or twelfth downwards is in huge trouble of getting relegated. Um, change ma- change manager and haven't really seen much of a boost from that. Um, Leicester haven't been in the whole Morris saga affecting performances and results. Now he's back and that's the side. Can, do you feel Leicester can see this as a game where they can start to pick up stuff? Yeah, I think it's, it's got to be seen as a game that you would get three points from. I think even yeah. if you were in even if you were in a relegation battle, it'd be seen as a game you, you should get three points yeah. from. So certainly if you're in the top half challenging for the, for the top seven, that's um yeah, it's definitely one of those sorts of games. Um I think with Stokes form and with with Morris back, yeah, I think I think Leicester will have enough about them to get a victory. But then we've seen games like Swansea at home and uh, West Brom at home earlier in the season where Leicester have just struggled to break teams down because these Stoke are the sort of team, particularly under Paul Lambert now, that are yeah. probably likely to think, okay, well, a point away at Leicester would be a good point for us and would be a point gained. Yes. Um, I don't think they're at that stage yet where they think. We need three points from every game. Yeah, it's not yeah. like the end of the Great Escape season where Nye just decided he had to just chuck everyone yeah, forward. Exactly, and I don't think uh, I don't think the teams around there because it's all so close. I don't think the teams around there are that desperate yet. Mm. So I think they would happily pick up a point, um, and that could make things difficult for Leicester. Good job, Mars. Mars is back then to be able to offer that quality. Yeah. Um, kind of brings us to to what team you expect well to choose against. Sheffield United, he went for the no messing about option and put out what you'd say is pretty much his strongest team after getting quite a lot of undue criticism for making 10 changes ahead of Peterborough. They went on to win that game 5-1, they only beat Sheffield United 1-0, but it was a show of intent from Puel to take this seriously because they've not got a game now until Saturday. Is there anyone that you think has, has stood out in in that game I think probably the, the biggest dilemma that Powell will have for the weekend is Wes Morgan or Dragovic because yes. I, I was surprised to see Wes Morgan start against Sheffield United because it, usually when they bring players back from injury they have a few run outs in the 23s and to get minutes back into the legs as we've seen with Robert Huth nothing like that with, with, with Morgan straight into the team straight with the armband on again and I thought he didn't look overly rusty really no um, but then you compare that to the performance of Dragovic, who's been excellent since he's been in. Where do you think 
what do you think Claude will decide to do? Will he bring back? Will he bring back his captain, or will he stay faithful to a player that's, that's not let him down? Yes, it's a, a difficult one because of that. Just going back to Morgan, I think he, the reason he probably did was thrown back straight back in was because it was a game that Puel knew they probably wouldn't have to do much defending, mm. um, so he was able to to build his fitness without being tested too often. Yeah. Um, I would say that Dragovic's performance performances over the past uh, month and a half. Uh, mean he doesn't deserve to be dropped but I think for some reason I, I think it's slightly different when it's the captain who you've replaced it's yeah. almost like having the captain's armband assures you of a place in the yeah. starting 11 if you are fit that's going to annoy fans um, I reckon that I already know that's going to annoy fans <laughs> yeah so well, I'm, not, I'm not saying I agree with it I just think that that will be the case Yeah. Um, and I think it would be harsh on Dragovic and I think because not only is he uh, performed very well he's performed uh, solidly and Leicester haven't conceded that many goals over the past few weeks Man City aside um, he's built a, he built up a good partnership yeah. with Maguire they seem to to know when one of them would go and the other one would stay and there didn't seem to be too many communication issues there which is one of the big things in a, in a sense about partnership so he has done really well but <laughs> sadly probably not well enough to keep well, his well I always remember Pearson Pearson always used to he made no bones about it he always said that no player is guaranteed a place but the captain is different to that and he basically made no wasn't even shy in saying that Wes would would play if if fit regardless and Mm. that brought its own questions when Wes was going through a bit of poor form um, in the relegate in the survival season but he stuck by him and, and Wes has been excellent since and I think Wes gets quite a bit of undue criticism yes, um, I, was, I don't think he's anywhere near as much of a of a let down as some fans think he is I think he's very consistent and um, is, due, is due his place but whether Puel sees it differently because he's not he doesn't have he doesn't need to have the loyalty to, to yeah. Wes that maybe Pearson had there is they're not not they're not really his players or dear Barty maybe aside that they're players that he's inherited and might not need to be because he's, he's shown he's been ruthless so previously yes, in leaving out Mark Albright and Okazaki in his first game so he's shown he will make big decisions but whether he does that with Dragovic or not I'm not sure I have a feeling that Dragovic might keep his place um, but we have to wait and see we'll find out more about that when we have the press conference later on in the week where we'll bring you uh, another edition of Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Um, in the meantime, just say thank you for joining us and uh, we'll be back again later in the week um, with some more news. Thank you.